Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Word of God. We are working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 141. We're looking at John chapter 11, verses 33 through 44. This is the account of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Jesus and his disciples have traveled from some distance away and have come and encountered Martha and Mary. And Mary has now come to Jesus, and she falls at his feet and says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. So let's pick it up from there. John chapter 11, verses 33 through 44. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench, because he'd been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. Because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unwrap him and let him go. Well, it begins, Jesus saw her crying. It says that Mary came to his feet, or came to him, and fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. doesn't say she's crying, but she's been crying. And the Jews who are, who are there crying with her have been crying. She left. They thought, well, she's going to go cry at the tomb, so let's go cry with her. And so she is obviously crying when she comes to Jesus. And the Jews are crying. Now, the word that gets translated crying here means really industrial strength crying, wailing, just crying out loud. And, and that was the, the culture. That's how you mourned. You cried out loud. You don't cry uh, softly and privately. You, you wail. And in fact, that's why you had uh, mourners come mourn with you, to, to wail out loud. It says, when he saw her, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Now, it's, where it's translated deeply moved doesn't occur very often in the Bible, and it's kind of an odd word. It, uh, it basically means some kind of loud, inaudible noise, and it, it's used in, in extra-biblical sources to describe the snorting of horses, the sound a horse might make. And it's, it can be used, uh, some places it's used as rebuke, but... I would think the best way to understand it is it's like groaned within his spirit. But groan, there's words for groan. So it's uh, it's not, you know, snort like a horse in his spirit, but it's deeply moved is, is probably the best way to translate it, that something inside him really was troubled with this, and he was deeply moved. So he asked in verse 34, where have you put him? So they say, Lord, come and see. Then verse 35, this is the shortest verse in the Bible, says, Jesus wept. And it's just these two words, Jesus 
wept. Doesn't say why, and that's always a, a big point of uh, contention, debate, and discussion. Why did Jesus weep? Because verse 36, the Jews said, see how he loved him. They think Jesus is weeping because he loved Lazarus so much, and Lazarus is now dead. Now, the word that gets translated wept, it's, it's exactly what it means. It's different than the word for crying used at verse 33. Uh, Mary and the, the criers are wailing, where Jesus is just quietly, softly weeping. So, obviously, Jesus is upset. He is troubled deep within his spirit. And the, the question is, why is he crying? Now, we don't know for sure, so it's all speculation. Is it because Lazarus is dead? Well, that doesn't make sense because he's known Lazarus has been dead for several days. And Lazarus is going to be dead much longer. Jesus knows as soon as they get to the tomb, he's calling Lazarus out of the tomb and Lazarus won't be dead anymore. So it's probably not that. Some say it's because of the misconception of the people. People are saying, you know, if only you had been here, then he wouldn't have died. You could have healed him. They obviously understand that Jesus can work miracles, that Jesus can heal people. But rising, raising somebody from the dead, that, that's never crossed their mind yet. And perhaps their misconception is why he weeps. But I don't buy that either, just because people always having misconceptions about him. Some say it's because of death itself. That death is due to sin. This is the whole reason Jesus is on earth to go through what he's going through and eventually die on a cross to pay the penalty for sin. Sin is such a big deal and it's so contrary to God that perhaps that is why he's crying because here he is actually dealing with death. I, I, could, I could go along with that. Or others say it's just because of the whole emotional scene. Jesus is a, a human. Yes, he is God, but he's also a human. He is a person. He has feelings. And everyone around him is, is emotional wrecks. And with all of death and everything, is it, perhaps that's what it is. John, unfortunately, doesn't tell us. Just says, Jesus wept. But John does highlight their misunderstanding. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes have also kept this man from dying? So there's a good question here. This guy healed a blind man. This guy gave sight to the blind. Surely he could have prevented Lazarus from dying. Well, if he'd only been here, maybe he could. But Jesus is not constrained this way. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again. We have the same word, deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead four days. She knows he's dead. She knows he's decomposing. She knows it's going to be nasty, and, and she objects. So she doesn't get it. While she fully believes Jesus could have healed Lazarus, Jesus could have prevented Lazarus's death if only he had been there. Mary said the same thing. If only he had been there, he could have prevented Lazarus from dying. The people there uh, watching all this, uh, assisting with the mourning, they all seem to believe Jesus could have healed Lazarus if only he had been there. But this, opening the tomb, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Now we talked a few days ago about 
the, the significance of four days. That's the point at which decomposition has already set in and there is no hope of any kind of resuscitation. There is no hope of, of anything. He is dead, dead, dead. And, and Martha says this, you know, let's, let's not do this. Let's not roll the stone away. But verse 40, Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Well, as we look at this, we look back at the previous conversation Jesus had with Martha. He didn't say that, at least not that John recorded. Obviously, not everything that everybody says is recorded here. So perhaps Jesus did say this to Martha earlier. We know he said it to the disciples before they ever left to travel to Bethany. He said, this is all going to happen for the glory of God. And this is a big deal. This is the purpose of what Jesus is doing here, that God will be glorified, that because of what he does, people will believe in who he is. This isn't just to alleviate the suffering of this family, who he loves, but it's all for the glory of God. It's not for their comfort, it's for the glory of God. Verse 41, so they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Now it's past tense. He says, you have already heard me. You heard what I already said. Now did he, again, this is something that uh, John just didn't record here. Was there a previous verbal prayer that John didn't record? Or is Jesus referring to a prayer from an earlier time that was just between him and the Father? And then verse 42, I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so they may believe you sent me. Jesus is, is doing things publicly so the crowd can see what is going on and understand what is happening here. This isn't some magic trick. This is an act of God for the glory of God. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. So Lazarus does come out. Now, the actual scene here, it's hard to picture because he's all wrapped up like a mummy and or his legs wrapped, wrapped separately so he can actually walk. Is he trying to walk on his tippy toes because his feet are wrapped up together? Or was he miraculously moved out of the tomb? Doesn't say he walked out, says he came out. And all that is, is the details that we just don't have. But the point is, he came out the way he was put in, wrapped up in these linen cloths, even his face covered with some kind of face wrapping. And Jesus tells them, unwrap him, let him go. I'm sure nobody thought, uh, maybe we should unwrap him. Everybody's just standing there with their mouth hanging open, uh, aghast at what he has done. Because this even beats giving sight to a blind man. And that had been the most amazing thing that anybody had ever seen because nobody had ever seen something like that before. And here, actually going to the tomb and a guy who's been dead for four days, bringing him back from the dead, this is, this is pretty amazing stuff. So what's the, the takeaway from all of this? Well, one of the things is, why is Jesus doing this? It's, it's not just because he loves his family. He does love his family. 
And it's not just to alleviate their suffering. It is for the glory of God is why he's doing it. And that's something we have to remember is why things happen. We often ask, you know, why do bad things happen? Well, bad things happen because we live in a sinful world. But God can't use the way we deal with bad things for his glory. And sometimes God allows bad things to happen for his glory. And, and that has to be our goal in how we go through life is bringing glory to God and looking for opportunities to declare the glory of God. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus did what he did was for the glory of God. I'm so happy that he did do what he did. He died on the cross for our salvation, but our salvation is to bring glory to God. So thanks be to God that he did. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working our way through the Gospel of John.